Hi, everybody. It's Richard Zwicky, and welcome back to High on Healthy. And joining me today, I've got Tom Palladino uh, with Scalar Light. Welcome aboard, Tom. And tell us, what is Scalar Energy? Yeah. Richard, thank you for the invitation. Uh, Scalar Energy, Scalar Light. It's Tesla Energy, what some people consider the energy of the sun and the stars. I work with Scalar Energy Instruments. I'm here in my laboratory. And in so doing, I've, I've discovered how we can work with this energy of the stars to improve human health. I consider it quantum health. So how does that tie down back to, I mean, obviously there's solar energy, the light we see, the vitamin D that we convert and use in our body. How does scalar energy align with that or what's the difference? Yeah, the, the, the difference is this. Scalar energy is not electromagnetic energy. With these instruments, I'm able to control molecular forms. I'm able to send intelligence it's not a frequency. I'm able to broadcast intelligence, and I can either create what is beneficial or break apart what is uh, disadvantage, what is harmful. So it's the control of molecular form that I have with these instruments. Okay, so your instruments, though, are for measuring, not for controlling. Uh, no, uh, I can do both with these instruments. As a scalar energy paradigm, we can control a substance. We can actually control molecular forms, and I can measure the output. I right. can measure the reading with this instrument. And what can you do once you control it? Let, let's say I want to identify a microbe. I can do so by way of a photograph of that microbe. And in so doing, my scalar energy instrument can look at the genetic character or the molecular character of a photograph of a microbe. And with that information, we can break down that microbe. We can break down and reduce it to a state of chaos. So I work with photographs of microbes to identify the microbe and then subsequently bring the microbe to a state of chaos. And thereafter, people tell me that they feel better. Now, consider what I'm doing is new. It's groundbreaking. These mm -hmm. instruments have never been duplicated. Right. So I'm working with people around the world. With these instruments, I can send energy into their quantum field. It's an informational process. And in right. so doing, that information is served to break down a pathogen. I know by way of testimonies that people say that they feel better. Or some people have a follow-up, say, PCR test. Right. So with this groundbreaking research, I have to rely upon their testimonies and then sometimes upon some type of scientific measurement. And and. On balance, I would say most people feel better after I work with them with a scatter energy instrument. Okay. Okay. Uh, you know, and there's so much we don't understand in general and are learning on a consistent, constant basis that uh, new doors are always opening up. And, you know, there was a period where we didn't understand electromagnetic energy and whatnot. So it, it, there's always more. Now, when you say you can influence and you know, from, from distances and the like, what is it limited to? Yeah. Uh, as the energy of the cosmos, scalar energy, I don't think there's any limitations. My limitations is my understanding with my instruments. Now, what I've developed is a technique in which I can take a photograph of a microbe. Yeah. And in so doing, I can instruct the instrument to destroy the, if you will, the molecular bonds or the atomic bonds that hold together that microbe. So in a nutshell, a scalar energy instrument has been perfected to the point to identify a microbe and reduce it to a state of chaos. That I have perfected. Okay. And 
you can work on a microbe to what scale can you work up to? Uh, it only works with microorganisms, viruses, bacteria, fungi, protozoan. Um, eventually, do I think I could eradicate perhaps a worm or a, 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 some type of a larger uh, a parasite? I think so. But right now I'm working with microorganisms. Well, it would be nice if we could eliminate a parasite like Vladimir Putin, but I don't think we're going to get to that scale anytime soon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but so what's the origin of the word scalar? That's a good point. <clears throat> it's a new and emerging science. So our, our dictionary is, is fluid, if you will. Uh, many people are calling this scalar energy. Scalar, it really refers to a term that lacks direction. It fills an environment. It has a magnitude, but not direction. Now, in a certain sense, that, that describes my work or scalar energy. It fills the universe. It's not unidirectional. It's omnidirectional. It's everywhere. Mm -hmm. So a scalar wave is, is the term that we use now, or scalar energy, to describe this type of energy that has a magnitude. It, it actually is omnipresent. So it's not traveling from one point to another. It's not unidirectional. It's omnipresent. Okay. And so that would mean, you know, it's one of the foundational forces of the universe, just like gravity at a certain point. The detection yes, of gravity is still, you know, we're able to detect gravitational waves in space only very, very recently, and we still don't understand its true effect. It's still... You know, we understand, yeah, gravity holds us down, but how it works and how it comes to being is still a, a challenge for physicists. Who, who is working on scalar energy as a study of it? Sadly, very few people. Very few people have duplicated my results with instruments. Now, that's the key. I've taken this from theory to practice. And it's taken okay. me years to develop these instruments, and I've not done it on my own to develop instruments so that I can have a controlled environment. Right. The laws of science. So to answer your question, I don't know of anybody publicly that's that claims that they have scalar energy instruments to the extent that I do. Okay. And when you look at the various disciplines of wellness and health, how do you see it tying in, in the, as it becomes more understood? It will tie in with, with uh, what we would consider innovative medicine because this is information. This is non-physical information. So those right. who are willing to accept informational healing or quantum healing, it's all non-physical. That is the avenue that I see that we will uh, follow into, into innovative medicine. Innovation drives all growth. And, you know, there's a lot of people who always question whether something can be done and then it gets proved or disproved but in the medical space and in the wellness space general you know the, the traditional doctors of course work based on document documentation they need to have it defined for them how something operates and then when you work begin to work into the mental health and wellness areas you know depending on the path the therapist goes down there is some areas which are well documented, whether they're correct or not in every aspect is, you know, we don't understand the brain fully, so it's hard to work to define. And there's other areas which do tend to require some measure of belief and 
faith on the part of an individual. I don't mean religious faith. I just mean faith in general. What you're working at, how would it tie in and which area of therapy do you actually think is the most open to accepting your model? Those who have faith, faith in some some type of a consciousness or some type of non-physical intelligence. Why? Well, all of my work is non-physical. So we have to work with those who believe in intelligence or information as a healing modality. Number two, I'm not working within the Newtonian physics. This is not electromagnetic energy. So we have to work with those who are accepting of another dimension, which is zero point energy or consciousness. Mm-hmm. So there's, there is a distinct uh, uh, um, character here. I do not expect those of Newtonian science to embrace this. This is not Newtonian science. This is a new and emerging chapter of physics. Right. But all, all physics at the end of the day breaks down to scientific proof. Yes. So referring, yes. you know, saying it's not Newtonian or other, at the end of the day, we all end up at a, at a proof state. Yes. How will you build the proof? I've been able to build my proof, the body of knowledge thus far are testimonies. And we have some incredible testimonies of people who at one time, for instance, had the herpes virus, and now they no longer have a viral load for herpes. So the proof that I can offer are individual PCR tests from people who state it's their testimony. At one time, they were positive, had a positive viral load for either herpes or hepatitis or the Epstein-Barr virus after the scanner energy sessions their PCR test is detected, nor do they have any symptoms of, of herpes, hepatitis, or, or Epstein's. People, it's driven by people right now, right. still at the, at the stage of testimonies. No scientific body has taken an interest in my work. Hence, there, there's no outside well, that, that, that often is a challenge for anybody who's breaking ground is to get a scientific body to begin the analysis. I hope they will. I'm an open book, so I welcome that. But nobody has stepped forward yet. Okay. Okay. And that, you know, that happens along the way. So, you know, you talk about the herpes virus and having been able to reduce individuals' viral load to the point it's no longer detectable or no longer an issue. I'm not sure which you, I'm not sure if you mean that it's no longer detectable in their body or if it's no longer causes outbreaks for them. Um, Uh, Both. Uh, let, Let me be clear here. Everybody that I've ever worked with, with this instrument, if they came to me with a positive viral load, with some type of viral load for herpes, after my scatter energy session, without exception, everybody who had a follow-up PCR test has told me that they no longer have a viral load. And then the majority- And what was the timeline between when they arrived and when they finished? And what were they doing any other courses of treatment? Yeah, well, I'd say within uh, no more than two months, if they had a follow-up PCR test, the PCR test was undetected. And then according to their, to, to their measure, some people were on other protocols, some people were just on scalar. Now, keep in mind, I've worked with thousands of people, so to their medical history, I don't consider it my business. But people have told me that they no longer have a viral load, and they've shared with me their PCR test Within two months of, of the initial sessions, they no longer have a viral load. So, I mean, 
in your documentation that I've looked at, you, you know, you do refer to having, um, you know, apart from um, herpes, you've, there's, you know, obviously diseases that are also applicable like HIV and Ebola and Lyme's and tuberculosis. That's a, it's a huge array and there's hundreds of thousands of pathogens. Why have you not focused in on just one and work to document just that one for now to get the proof point to be able to build the documentation so that you can gain the support to open up doors into others? That's a great question. And I have to rely upon people. I work with individuals. I don't work with clinics. And people right. then have to be willing to submit their test results to me. I don't force that upon people. Very few people have even wanted to submit a follow-up PCR test to me. So the best I can do is, is right now through one clinic in Delhi, India. Uh -huh. I've worked with over 5,000 people in Delhi, India at an HIV AIDS clinic. Uh -huh. After working with over 5,000 people at this HIV clinic, everyone, everybody across the board tells me that they feel better. Those who've had a follow-up PCR test after the scatter energy sessions, all of those test results are not detectable. That's, the, that's as close as, as to a clinical trial that I'm going to come to, but it's in Delhi, India. Delhi, India was the first clinic that has ever opened their doors to me. Right, but HIV, I mean, is a, is a, is a disease where if people are on a treatment protocol that's keeping their viral load low, you don't want to interfere with it. Whereas with herpes, if somebody has the, has the disease, if you stop anything you're doing, which really there's not much you can do for a few months, it's not going to matter. And you can use a control group and a standardized group. And you mentioned, you know, Delhi. What about using a, an area like that for a very specific condition? That way you build the documentation. Is, or is that just not part of the model for you because it's hard to do? It's hard to do. If, if I had great control over this group in Delhi, India, then I could say, okay, why don't we have a control group that that doesn't take the scalar interceptions and let's see how you feel vis-a-vis -vis the experimental group. That's not happening. Most right. people most people in Delhi, India just want to submit their photograph. They want to be they want to be better. Well everybody just wants to be better, right? But the challenge is when you're trying to bring something forward, it's always the proof, right? It's like when built software you have to prove that, especially when it's something that's groundbreaking, the out, that there's an outcome and you can define what it is. And that's the challenge for any research. And it doesn't, you know, it doesn't negate or anything to what you're doing. It just means because a lot of people may have the faith and believe. And when you believe it helps, it helps. Um, but the documentation for third parties is always the challenge. Um, Tom, we are out of time for today but people who want to learn more they should go to scalarlight.com that's correct and we offer 15 days of free sessions that's yes. fantastic that's fantastic so people who want to try can try and you know the the paths to healing are innumerable and hopefully people can find relief through your uh research and work as well as you know any number of other paths that uh come across their door that really make a difference. So thanks for joining us today, Tom. Thank you, Rich. And we'll be back again with everybody again shortly on High Unhealthy. I'm Richard Zwicky. Look forward to chatting with you.